arsenal. God's arsenal. And there's a definition there, and um, I want us to focus on that in a second, but this is what we're going to be talking about, that we today are God's arsenal. And um, I want to mention, um, as, as that African song was being played, that George uh, went to be with the Lord last week, and he's, if you don't know, he's uh, Judy's father. Uh, they've been coming here for several years. They would always sit right up here in the second row, and um, he, he uh, passed away last week. I was honored to do his funeral yesterday. It was such a blessing to be with all of those Kenyan people, and I was able to tell them how we've been to their country and how we have Kenyans in our church. And um, the neat thing was that's going to tie in with this message this morning is that I found out George was about 65 or 66 when he went to be with the Lord, and he, most of his life, encouraged his family to go to church. I don't know how much he went, but he would encourage his family, and that was said at the funeral. But it was mentioned in the middle of the funeral by a lady who was reading for her mom, and then I remembered, it clicked in my memory, that uh, a couple years ago, he had come forward for salvation in our church. We would have somebody raise their hand and come forward, and he, I remembered that, and the miracle is that even though all those years he believed in God, he did not have a personal relationship with Jesus until he came to our church and, and was able to be moved by the Holy Spirit in a language he doesn't even understand and gave his life to the Lord. Isn't that God's grace, amen, that he was able to be saved here in our church after all those years of being, uh, you know, believing in God. And so it's really important to have a relationship with the Lord, not just know who he is about him, but know who he is personally, amen. And so I'm going to mention something a little bit more about him in a second, but I want to read um, Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8 and then we're going to get back to the definition in just a second and it says I heard the voice of the Lord saying whom shall I send so God is speaking to us this morning and he's asking who shall I send and the Bible says that uh, Isaiah stands up and says and he says who will go for us and Isaiah says I here I am Lord send me and this morning's message is about you and I saying yes to the call of God. Because if you think about it, church, there are people like George that need to hear the gospel. And we as a church are serving together and having a service like this every week where maybe down the road you're here today or last week or the week before. And you gave your life to Jesus at this altar. You accepted the Lord. And someday you might pass into eternity but it will be because this church effort together to have a service this morning helped you meet Jesus. And my question is this. I want to ask you a question. I know the answer for myself. If, if George came to this church to get saved from another continent, from another part of the world, and give his life to Jesus, and he was the only person who ever got saved in this church, would everything you've ever done for this church, everything you've ever given, everything you've ever uh, uh, saved, every, any, any time you've ever come and worked, would it be worth just George's soul? How many believe that, agree that it would be worth just George going to heaven? Amen? Or how about Marissa? How about just Marissa? If, if everything we've done was just for Marissa to get saved, it would be worth it. I can tell you from myself, I tell myself that all the time. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. If I came here just for you, if I came here to this city just for you, for just one person to get saved, every sacrifice, everything we've ever done is worth it. 
for just you. You're worth it. Amen. Tell the person next to you, you're worth it. Now, let's look at this definition. I'm going to put the title back up again. I want you to think about this this morning. So how many know the word arsenal? Okay. Here's, here's, the, here's the real definition that comes up that you might recognize. A collection of weapons and military equipment stored by a country, a person, or a group. So when you hear there's an arsenal of weapons, it is a place where things are stored it is usually mostly used by weapons. But I began to look down later earlier in the week at the definition below and found this and thought, what a picture of the church. It says an array of resources available for a certain purpose. Now I want you to think about something this morning. We realize, hopefully right now, that we are an array of resources. There is an array of resources in this place, okay, for the gospel. And how many know, without a doubt, God has a purpose for us? He has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for me. And he has a purpose for us corporately as a church. And the, but the key is, there's a word that's there that if we don't get it, nothing else happens. The purpose doesn't matter, and the resources don't matter. And it is the word available. It says, an array of resources available for a certain purpose. So the Bible, or the definition is telling us, and God's Word tells us this morning, we're going to see it, that He needs you and I to make ourselves available. And I want this to be a message that challenges you and myself and the church as a church to make ourselves more available for the kingdom of God, more available for the things of the Lord. And I want us to get into 1 Kings chapter 6, 6 uh, sorry, 16. And, and I think, personally, one of the reasons we don't do more for God is because the devil tells us we don't have any talent. The devil tells us we're not worthy, as it was mentioned at prayer and at the offering, that we're not good enough, that, that we don't have the talent, we don't have the ability, we don't have all these different things, and there's always that voice telling us. I, I can guarantee you right now there's people in this place that are still thinking. You might be saved a week or 10 years, and you're still allowing the devil to tell you you're not worthy. You're not worthy, you're not good enough, well, let me just confirm that for you. You're not. You're not worthy. None of us are worthy of salvation. None of us deserve it. The Bible says our righteousness is filthy rags. So get past that. That's what Pastor Mario was saying at the prayer. Stop trying to do stuff yourself. Get past that. Get past yourself. And realize that you have a purpose. But you have to make yourself available. And God does not see things the way we see them. He does not look at you and I the way we look at each other. So look at this story in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 6. It says, so it was, as they're looking to, to anoint a new king, that when they came, they, they looked. This is Samuel looking to anoint a king. and looked at Eliab and said, surely the anointing is before him. He, he saw this one guy. Don't we do that? Don't we look at someone and go, that's the one. That's the one right there. They got the talent. They got the ability. They got the looks. They got the money. They got the this. They got, that's what we do. We think that's, that they got it. And the big problem with that in church is whenever there's a need, we a lot of times go, oh, so-and-so will do that. That's, that's their department, or that's what they're good at. Or that's what their talent is. And we kind of like to push off the, the, the responsibility to somebody else. I know I'm not talking to anybody in here but just people that you know, amen? We like to just say, well, so-and-so is good at that. They'll take care of that. Or we think that's what, they're, that's what they're called to do. 
But God doesn't do things the way we do. So let's look what he says here. Look at these next couple verses. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't look at his appearance or his physical stature because I have refused him. So it's it's not that he's refusing him because of his physical stature. He's refusing him because of something we're going to see in a second. He says, for the Lord does not see as what? As man sees. We talked about this at Men's Discipleship Friday morning. That, that God doesn't think like we think. He doesn't do like we do. He doesn't, his ways are not our ways. Things don't make sense. We talked on Friday morning about when God says no. How many of you ever had God tell you no? You have to learn to hear the no along with the yes. And so it says God sees not as man sees, but he says, but man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Father, for the next few minutes, I ask that you would help us to see what you see. And Lord, as you call us and you, and you say, who will go for me this morning, that we will all be willing and available today. Because God, I know that we want to see a move of God. We want to see a revival. We want to see lives changed. We want to see souls saved. We want to see things that glorify your name. But none of that will happen to the capacity that you want if we do not make ourselves available. We are God's arsenal this morning. We are your resources this morning. But we need you to help us realize that we must make ourselves available. Help us this morning to do this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we keep reading, it says, So Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. He said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. And then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. And then Jesse made seven of his sons pass by Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are all the young men here? And then he said, well, there remains the youngest. And there he is keeping the sheep. So the father wasn't even thinking about his son, David. How many know that name, David? David kind of became somebody, didn't he? David kind of did some stuff for the Lord. But he was out tending to the sheep when when he was uh, chosen. He was out doing something else. He was making himself available in a job that wasn't very fun, tending the sheep. He wasn't even thought of. And he says, I've got a son that's out there. And Samuel says, send him and bring him. Now I want you to pay attention to this next part, this next sentence. He says, for we will not sit down till he comes here. Listen to this. That just spoke to somebody here. God's not going to move in this church in the way he wants to move till you start doing what God wants you to do. You might be holding back the revival. You might be holding back what God really wants to do. God says, I'm not doing it till he gets here, till she gets here, till he makes himself available, till she makes herself available. I want you to look at the person next to you and say, God's talking to you. Now look at the other person on the other side and say, God's talking to you. You realize that you told somebody God's talking to you, but someone also told you God's talking to you. So God's talking to everybody. And God wants to use everybody. What would happen to this city and the surrounding cities if every single one of us became the resource that God has intended us to be? If we became the arsenal of God. We know we are the arsenal of God, but are we being used? I want to ask Jose to come up here for a second and just give a quick example. I'm having him bring me something. 
he's got a set of boxing gloves. Jose, I used to, when, when he first started coming to church, I'd see videos, and he was always uh, hitting things and boxing. He likes boxing, and, and so he's got these gloves, and, and, and if I wanted to fight Jose, if I just threw him at him, how many know that's not going to do anything? What do I got to do to defeat Jose in boxing? I got to put the gloves on. So I'm going to have them, him give, them back, give them back to me, and you go sit down. Thank you for a moment. I want you to picture what these gloves look like up here hanging. They look nice, don't they? They look pretty. look handsome. They look nice. Whatever words you want to put there, cool. But they're useless because those gloves were not made to hang on something. They were made to be used. Okay? And that's the picture, church, of us. A bunch of years ago, uh, Paul gave me these with a, a boxing uh, bell that I have in my office that I can pull and it says every time you pull this remind the devil that, that he's defeated and it's a great picture I've never boxed I've put some boxing gloves on for fun with friends and stuff but I've never done boxing but the bottom line is is these things were made and intended to be used on a hand if there no if there's no hand in them they're just a resource but they're no good because that's not what they were made for they weren't made to look cool they were made to hit something. Okay, and that's what we are this morning. Many of us this morning are just hanging. We're just there. We're just existing. We're, 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 we're a resource for God with all kinds of potential. But we're just sitting there because we haven't made ourselves available yet. And God wants us to make ourselves available. Amen? Now let's keep reading this rest of this story. He says, we will not sit down till he comes here. And so he sent and brought him in. And the Bible says he was ruddy, with bright eyes, and good-looking. And the Lord said, Arise and anoint him, for this is the one. Now, you told yourself, you told your neighbor something else a second ago. Now I want you to tell the person next to you, you're the one. You're the one. Now turn around to somebody else and tell them, you're the one. How many believe it? We can't all be the one, can we? Yes, we can. In God's eyes, you're the one. He's pointing at you this morning because that's what we do. We like to say you're the one to somebody else. We like to tell somebody else you're the one. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with a good, encouraging spirit. Some people have really good, encouraging spirits. They like to encourage other people. That's good. Encouragement is great. But you can't be an encourager forever. You have to be a participator too. Amen. You have to get in the ring. You have to put the gloves on. You have to participate. You have to realize that you're no good if you don't make yourself available. I want you to write this down. If you don't get anything else out of this message, I hope you get this. This is a truth this morning. Maybe one of the greatest truths in the Bible. And it's this. God is not looking for your ability. He's not looking for your ability. Can anybody shout out to me what God is looking for this morning? Your availability. Now the word ability is in there. But your ability is useless if you don't make yourself available. So God, and this is how God works. God, I cannot tell you enough. Jeremiah 1 says to Jeremiah, he says, Before you were even born, I formed you in your mother's womb. I knew you, and I, gave a, I have a purpose and a plan for you. How many know, whether you believe it or not, or want to accept it or not, God has a purpose, every single one of you. Every single one of you here has a purpose. And you will never be happy 
fully happy until you fulfill that purpose. But you'll never fulfill that purpose until you make yourself available. Until you realize, I am sitting in God's arsenal. I am a weapon for the kingdom of God. That sound cool? You're a weapon for the kingdom of God. You are important in the kingdom of God. But you are no good sitting in the closet. You're no good sitting in the armory. You're no good sitting there not being used because a resource to be valid must be used. And how many knows a lot of wasted resources? So I want you to understand that God isn't talking to the person on your left or your right. He's talking to you. And he's not looking for your ability, although you have. Every one of us has abilities. And he will later use your abilities. Don't get me wrong. But he's not looking for your ability. He's not choosing. He did not choose David because of his ability. He chose David because of his availability. Because when all those other brothers were doing other things, David was busy. David was working. David was putting in the time. Now I want you to go to Luke chapter 4, sorry, 5. And I want you to look at another story. And right before we read this, I want to... Uh, just use Brian's illustration from the offering, how great that illustration was, and then I'm going to use this. But how, how many know that when that story happens with the fish and the loaves, somebody had to be available to give their lunch? Now watch this story. It, this is not what we're reading here in the Bible. This is the story that Brian used at the, at the offering, where they fed 5,000 men, plus women and children could have been up to 20 or over 20,000 people that ate off of those loaves and fishes. How many know that's a miracle? How many know that's supernatural? You know that we've seen that personally, just as an example in our own church, over and over and over again for 12 years, every time we've done anything with food. Now, it wasn't 5,000 or 15,000 or 20,000 people, but every time we've ever done a Thanksgiving dinner, every time we've had a potluck, every time we've done anything with food, if anybody who's been here knows, there's always food left over. Matter of fact, one time we were having a fundraiser for the youth, and the first service, the food was gone. People in here are witnesses of this. The food was gone. We went back there and prayed and said, we need, we, and, and the 11 o'clock service is our bigger service. We didn't have any food left to sell for the second service. And we prayed, and guess what? How many know I'm not lying? There was food to sell and food left over in the second service. That's a miracle. And so sometimes we think, oh, that's a Bible thing. No, it happened right here in our church. We've seen it over and over again. But if that boy, see the Bible, that he, the part he read didn't mention, it was a boy who had food, and he made himself available. He recognized Today, I could be a part of a miracle. I have the resources, and they have the need, and I am part of God's arsenal, and if I'll make myself available, God can do a miracle. Then think about that disciple who was able to see. See, that's my job as a pastor, and that's the job as leaders, is we're, try, we're supposed to try to see your potential. We're supposed to try to see what God can do in you and help you fulfill it. Some, one of those disciples had to see that boy and go, man, there's some potential right there. Maybe this food could feed all these people. How many want that kind of faith? Be able to look around and say, man, that, God can use that person. God can use that person. So it was, it was an amazing thing. Now let's look at this story. Luke chapter 5. For when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon. Now this is Jesus and his disciples. He says, launch out into the deep and let your nets down. 
and for a catch. Now, we've talked about this story before, but this is really important to think about. Simon answered and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Now, this is the thing we've got to remember. When God asks you to do something and make yourself available, this proves he's not looking for your ability. He's looking for your availability. He did not ask Peter anything. He told him something. He said, I want you to cast your net down again. Peter had to have the faith like you and I have to have faith to say, God, I don't feel like I have this talent. God, I don't feel like you can use me. God, I don't feel like I'm worthy, but you're telling me that I am, so I'm going to make myself available because you said I am. Don't you think Peter could have easily said, I know who this Jesus is. I know he's done miracles, but I heard he's not a fisherman. His dad's a carpenter. So he might know how to nail a hammer or a nail a nail into a, hammer, into a wood with a hammer, but he doesn't know how to catch fish. What's he doing telling me? And that's, but that's how God works. God wants you to understand he knows better than you do. If he tells you to do something, you don't say, well, God, I don't think I can do that. You say, yes, sir. Yes, God, I'll just make myself available, and I'll watch what you can do. How many know if you're doing it in your own power, it's not a miracle? You're doing it in your own ability. It's not a miracle. It's a miracle when God steps in and does this that we see in this story. He says, Lord, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And their net was breaking. So they signaled to their, help us. And they came and filled both. They began to sink. Watch this. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down on his knees and he said, depart from me. I am a sinful man. Now, we should all do that. When we come to Jesus, we all fall to our knees and we say, I am a sinful man. But here's the thing. Too many people are doing this morning. You're staying there. And you're using your past and you're using your sinful life as an excuse for God not to use you. Peter could have said, I'm a sinful man. I, I can't follow you. I, I, I realize now, as he has that revelation, I'm lost, I'm bad, you're good, I can't do anything. But that's not what happened. It says, it says as he says, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. It says, he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Zebedee who were partners with him too, he says, Jesus says to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. How many know we are fishers of men in this place? Men and women. We are called to call, to call others to know Jesus. Okay? Now watch here. Here's the biggest key of the message. What did they do? Then they had brought their boats to land. They forsook all and followed him. That's what Jesus is looking for from us this morning, for us to forsake all. For us to realize that everything we have is God's. I'm going to let it all down. I'm going to surrender it all. I'm going to give it all to God because I am God's arsenal and I am made from Him to be used. Amen. I'm made from Him to be used. There's, these gloves need hands in them so they can be resourceful. Jose, come back up and so, beat somebody up real quick. Come here and put your hands in here and see if they fit. I mean, love Jose. Jose is awesome. 
I've, I've, never, even, I've never even put my, glo- my hands in these gloves, just one of them. Pastor Mario has. He used it one time for, <laughs> he called Pastor Mario. You gotta, if you call him up, he'd have to have gloves too. It wouldn't be fair. Now, now that's what the gloves are supposed to look like. They're supposed to be in hands. Hit them together, make some noise. They're supposed to sound like that, right? Now those gloves are not just a potential. Now they're being used for what they, and it doesn't matter what he does with it. The hands in them is the first start. Make it available. Here, here, I've got my hands. I can move my thumbs. I can move, I can move my hands. I can move them around, hit things. Now the glove is being used for its purpose. It's not sitting on a shelf collecting dust like it does in my office every day. Even though I use it for a visual, they were made for boxing. Amen? How many see that? This is what we need to be. We need that great right there, available, hands up, ready to fight. Not a physical fight. We talked about that Wednesday. It's a spiritual fight. The weapons of our warfare aren't carnal. This isn't a boxing fight, physical. It's a spiritual boxing match. But we've got to get our hands in the fight. We've got to get our hands up for the Lord. We've got to make ourselves what? Available. Amen. Thank you, buddy. You can can take them with you. Let's go to one more thing. I want you to look at somebody next to you, and this is going to get somebody mad. Say, we need more fat people in here. Some of y'all were like, did he just say that? Did everybody say that? I, you, that was your chance to offend somebody. Come on, tell somebody next to you, we need more fat people in here. Some of y'all can't do it, can you? Some of you are by your parents, you're like, I ain't doing it. <laughs> or by your wife. See, my wife's not in here, so. <laughs> wife looks back like, don't do it. Guess what fat people are? Faithful, available, teachable. We need more faithful, available, and teachable people in this church. Amen? God's kingdom needs more faithful and available and teachable people. People who are willing to say, God, I will forsake all. Does anybody in here realize what's waiting for us? What's waiting for us in eternity? How many know that Jesus said, the things you've given up on this earth cannot even compare to what I have prepared for you. You've given up a house. You've given up family. He says, I'll give it back to you a hundredfold. And any of says, even on this earth. I've told you guys for years, anytime God asks you for something, what does he do? Always gives you something back better. Always. He always gives you back better. When he says, I want that, just give it to him. Just say, here, take it. It's not mine anyways. And you'll see later down the road, sometimes it's not always immediate, but he'll give it back better. That's the God we serve. But even if we don't see anything on this earth, church, everything we're doing is going to have an eternal impact. And one day, we're going to get up to heaven, and we're going to see George in that glorified body. Amen. We're going to see people who, and we're going to see Emmanuel. We're going to see people who have passed into eternity even these last few months, and they're now in glorified bodies, and they're going to thank us for being a church that was available to be a resource so that they could know Jesus. Amen. How many know that we're part of something so special in the kingdom of God, so amazing, so wonderful? I'm going to close with this. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This will be the last verse we'll read. Every one of us has a vital part, church, in the arsenal of God. Cannot tell you that enough, but the one thing I forgot to mention when Jose was up here that I mentioned in the first service is really important. 
I didn't make Jose put those gloves on. I can't make Jose put those gloves on. He, has to, he had to be willing. Stay with me here. He had to be willing and available when I called him in the first service to go get my gloves out of my office for me, to bring him in and keep him at his chair, to come up here when I asked him to come up here, to go back to his chair, to come back up again, to put the gloves on, to hit his hands together, to go back. All those things that I was doing is what God does with us. He asks us, he sends us, he tells us, he tests us, he uses us. We, and, and, but we cannot do anything in the kingdom of God if we don't be, make ourselves available. Because the thing about God is he doesn't make anybody do anything. He gives us free will. And Jose could have said, no, no, pastor, I'm not going back to your office to get those gloves. He could. He could have said, no, I don't want to come up, and, and he could have stayed in his chair. Would have messed up the message. But he could have done it. Right? So we have to understand, that's God. He has all these resources in this place this morning, and he's just looking for us to be available. And he's just looking for us to, to do what he asks us to do. And if we'll all do our part, we will see a move of God. We will see more people saved. You will see your neighbors and your friends and your family and even your enemies saved. Amen? How many want to see your enemies even saved? I know I do. I want to see in my enemies. I want to see everybody saved. There's nobody I don't want to see go to heaven. I want everybody to know what I know this morning, which is the love of Jesus. Here's the key, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body. Can you imagine? Can you imagine when you go to tell your hand to grab a fork and eat, and your, fork, your hand says back to you, I'm not part of the body. Wouldn't that be weird? Can you imagine? That, that's what he's saying here. It, it, he says, if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body. Next time you go to listen to something, your ear says, no, I'm the eye. I can't hear. I see. And God, we don't have rebellious bodies. Amen. Or if somebody that's the foot wants to be the hand, or the hand wants to be the foot. The thing is, is a lot of times the reason we're not doing what God wants us to do is because we are a part of the body, but we're trying to be another part that we're not. We have to find out what my part is. And once I find out what my part is, the glove fits all of a sudden, and all of a sudden it feels right, and all of a sudden I start to see fruit in my life. I start to get off the milk. I start to see uh, things happen in my life because now I'm realizing that I am this part of the body. I don't know what part of the body you are. You've got to find that out for yourself. But once you do, you have to realize that's what God made you to be. How many know we have a spleen? How many know we have a liver? We have organs in our body that we can't see. How many know they're important? And the most important part of our body is our heart. You can't see it. So there's some people in this church, you're the heart of this church. We can't see you all the time. You're not always visible, but you're what keeps the blood pumping through the church. Amen? And it might just be in prayer. It might be in your giving. It might be in you encouraging somebody else. How many, how many know an encouraging word goes so far? Just somebody telling you, you can make it. Just somebody telling you, God's going to use you. Just somebody telling you, I see potential in you. There's something about being a part of the body of Jesus Christ. Does it make anybody else happy in here this morning to realize that we, as, as minute as we are and, and, and as nothing as we are in this world, we can make an eternal difference? How amazing is that? 
We may never be famous or rich or known, but we can do something eternal for the kingdom of God. We are God's arsenal. We are special. We're special forces. We're the kingdom of God. We're the army of God. And so we have to realize as this thing says, all are one member. All the parts of the body are one member. And we work together. And just going back to George again, we worked as a church. We loved Marissa as a church so that she could feel the love of God to say, I need Jesus in my life. And then she, she was able to be used herself as part of that body to pray for her own husband as he came in and got saved. And that's what it's about. And now they're going to go to another city for just a year. Then they're going to come back. And while they're there for that year, God's going to use them in that place because they're going to make themselves available. They're going to say, I'm going to be used because Marissa's not just going to sit around. Amen. So I want to challenge you this morning as we close to make yourself available, to be fat, faithful, available, and teachable. And we, we, uh, we did something after the first service, and it went really well, and so it's actually limited in the second service, but we had, still have quite a bit of food, or had quite a bit of food left over from when we gathered all that food together. So I, I wanted to wake up, or, or talked about this last night, that I wanted to challenge us this morning to go and get food from the, from the food area and take it to somebody and bless somebody today. Because that's a resource that's just sitting there. And if it's just sitting there in the garage, it's not doing anything. Right? How many are seeing the picture? So I know Santos mentioned that there's not a lot left. But if you'll be the first one to get over there, you can get some. I know you've got a neighbor. I know you've got a friend. I know you know somebody who needs some food today. And you can go give them a box of food, give them a bag of food, give them something, and tell them that Jesus loves them. That's, that's sometimes the start of making yourself available. Amen. I, I don't know the details. I don't know what you're supposed to do. I don't know exactly what your call is specifically, but I know that God wants to use you to touch lives. And, he, and I know that when you get to heaven, you're going to have a reward. And you've got to have at least one person there that you took to heaven with you. But how many are not satisfied just with one? Because I know I'm not. I'm a competitive person. I want more than one. I want a bunch. I want to win the competition. Amen. I want to get as many people saved as I can. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for this beautiful congregation of so many talents. There's talents in this place we don't even know about. There's abilities. There's resources. But God, you've got to get our attention and cause us to understand that the availability is the problem. That definition said available. An array of resources available for a certain purpose. So we know there's resources. We know there's a purpose. But are you available? Today you can make yourself available. Today you can just say, Lord, use me. Lord, I want to make a difference. Lord, I want my life to count for something. As your heads are bowed all over this place and eyes are closed, as People are watching online. They'll be listening to this on the podcast. We want to do the most important thing this morning we do, which is give the opportunity for you to know Jesus. Last week, we saw several people come forward and get saved. In the first service, we saw some rededications. 
This is why we're here. We want you to know this morning, if you don't get anything else out of this service, that Jesus loves you. He died on the cross for your sins. He has a plan and a purpose for you. And the Bible tells us in Jeremiah that it's good plans, a good purpose. Thoughts to prosper us and give us a good expected end. But if you don't know Jesus today, the Bible tells us you're lost. The Bible says that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes unto the Father except through him. You know, as you're praying right now, the, the thing that was most interesting about George is how, how many years he went to church, how many years he took his family to church, told them to go to church, but never dedicated his heart to the Lord until 2018. Maybe you're here this morning and you know what's right. You believe in God. You know he's the Savior, but you've never given him the key to your house. You've never said what, G, what Peter said in those words that were so clear. He said, Master Master means your Lord over everything. We forsake it all. Maybe you have given God Sundays, but you haven't given Him your life. Maybe you've given Him some things, but you haven't given Him everything. Today, Jesus wants it all. He wants you to forsake everything. And let me tell you something, it'll be worth it. If you've never made that decision or said that prayer, would you just lift your hand and say, Pastor, remember me this morning. I want to pray for salvation. I want Jesus to become Lord of my life. I want to be born again. Just put your hand up. Put it right back down all over this place. I see your hands. Amen. God bless you. I see your hands. How many more? All over this place. Holy Spirit's moving. The Bible calls this Jesus knocking on the door of your heart. Some of you that made the decision to accept Christ last week, now Jesus is wanting to to show you that he's got a purpose for you. He's got, he wants to use you. He wants your life to matter. He wants you, you to know that he can, he can get other people to know Jesus through you. That's the awesome thing is pay it forward to somebody else. Maybe you're here and you're backslidden. You're running from God. You've turned your back on God. You believe in him, but you're not serving him. And you need to come home today. Would you lift your hand and say, that's me. I need to come back. Amen. I see your hands. Man, would you stand to your feet this morning? We're going to stay in this attitude of prayer, please, and, and attitude of reverence to the Holy Spirit. And we're going to pray in just a moment for those that are watching online or listen to the podcast. We don't know who's watching. This could be the moment that somebody you've been praying for hears this podcast or sees this online, and they say the prayer at their house, and we may never know till we get to heaven. That's what the gospel is about. It's planting seeds. If you raise your hand this morning and you want to give your life to Jesus, I want to challenge you to do something. I want to challenge you to be bold and make a declaration of faith. I want to ask you to step out of your seat to the nearest aisle and just come forward. I want to pray for you this morning. Quickly, all over this place, if you raise your hand, just come on down. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. We're going to wait just a few moments. Hands went up. I'm going to wait just a few moments. Come on, don't be afraid. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Nothing to be ashamed about. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. <clears throat> Amen. How are you? Good to see you. It's been a while. Amen. Glad you found the new building. Amen. 
We'll say this prayer all together. Amen. Those that are watching online, those that are on the podcast, before we shut that off so we can open the altar, let's all say this together. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for your mercy and your grace. I know how much you love me. And I know I am a sinner that needs a Savior. Jesus, I believe with all my heart and confess with my mouth that you are Lord, that you're the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. Wash me clean with your precious blood. Come into my life and make me a new creation. I know I need a Savior. I know I can't do it on my own. Today I give you the keys to my life. Take over. In Jesus' name, write my name in the Lamb's book of life. And from this day forward, I am going to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big praise this morning for these decisions that have been made here and online and on the podcast, maybe next week, maybe next month. Father, thank you for touching hearts this morning. Amen. As we transition into an attitude of prayer, I want